I forgot how the parts work. I know. I'm not sure if there are parts down there anymore. <laughs> yeah, shake I, the rust I'm off. I'm becoming a Barbie down there. <laughs> it all just goes away. It's all smooth down there, yeah. That's gross. That's like a horror movie. That would be a really creepy porno horror That's horror what porno horror movie. <laughs> We'd like to remind you that the information contained within this podcast reflects our own personal opinions and should not be held as any kind of official recommendation. That's right. This podcast is for our own purposes. It's educational mm-hmm. and, and for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Edutainment, if you will. <laughs> We're just a couple yahoos with master's degrees, and this isn't a professional capacity. So if as you're listening to an episode, you feel that maybe you need help with your own mental health, please do contact your own doctor or a therapist. And finally, we try to stay pretty clean with this podcast, but sometimes we slip up and sometimes we just talk about weird stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> it might be not safe for work. You'd probably better listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips. The podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. And I gotta say, I kind of forgot we were doing a podcast. <laughs> We just got used to chatting and talking before we started. I forgot what we were here to do. We just like had a long, long gab session. We, to put it in perspective, 15 minutes ago, we were like, okay, cool, let's start. And then we kept talking. Yeah, and we had started talking at least 15 minutes before that. Honestly. Not longer. So yeah. Sometimes mothers and daughters just need to connect. Especially this mothers and daughters. Yes. This one right here. This one. (laughs) Well, hello, Sipsters. Welcome to our conversation. Join our table. Come sit with us. Come sit with us. <laughs> You're welcome. Bring your beverages. At Bonnie and Anna's table. <laughs> All beverages welcome. Bring your All beverages. people welcome. Yes. We are welcoming. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. That is the point. Okay, we can't like slow down or our energy will crash. Oh my God, so we true. To- so what are we, uh, well, so do we have any pre-roll? We don't have any new reviews or anything. People review us and hey, we'll read them. Hey, hey, <laughs> The last time we talked about merch. Yeah. I ordered mine. I ordered mine as well and okay. I got it. Did you get yours yet? I didn't get mine yet. Oh, I got I mine just, yet. They are, guys, got, they're really if you good. had any doubts about how comfy, because that's always, it's always hard when you get a new merch store and new merch, it's like, is this going to be comfy? Mm-hmm. They're so comfy and they uh, fit nice. Love it. Two thumbs up. <laughs> so get our new merch, but this time, send us a review. Yeah. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Tell us that you, yeah. <laughs> uh oh energy energy is oh, <laughs> oh no you hit a wall my Swerve around the wall <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like in those video games when all of a sudden your like lives your go life way life. down <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> that's what i just felt mom just used her last one man it's like oh <laughs> no okay then the easiest way to get the merch is to go to our website right our com, and there's a merch link on the front page or on any page thereafter you click on it it'll take you right to our shop okay <laughs> okay we're on what like a 104 ish I'm thinking 105. I think 105, <laughs> but I'm going to double check some things. I'm going to run some numbers. I'm going <laughs> to keep going to pour some chemicals into some beakers. <laughs> yes, we are on 105. 105. Wow. We're, we're going further than we're I thought. We're moving up in the world. 
Oh, yeah, you said that at 100, too. We've already surpassed. I know we're above and With beyond. With every episode, yeah. we've, we like, pass yeah. your highest expectations for I us. I know. So it's good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> every episode from now on, you'll be like, wow, we've gotten farther than I expected. I never thought we could do it. <laughs> and so today we're talking just kind of about something that we both are interested in, I think. I guess we probably always do. <laughs> now that I, that's just what having a podcast is really we don't talk about crap we don't care about <laughs> that's, that's really like true. grad school that's why <laughs> that's why 105 episodes in we struggle to like know what to talk about because it's we only want to talk about stuff that we're like interested in personally and eventually it runs out yeah yeah so what yeah we're talking about some things actually one of the reasons we're talking about these is because it's kind of a tie-in to the latest um tennis episode that i did so mm-hmm. i'm talking talking about some personality tests and assessments and stuff. So we're going to talk about some of those today because we think they're interesting. <laughs> right. And we've done um, personality kind of assessments in the past and mm-hmm. these type of things. But we're going to be specifically talking about two different assessments today. Yeah, we've talked about several different like personality assessments and stuff. And I personally like those because even if you don't fully ascribe to whatever the theory is, it's interesting in terms of Mm self-reflection. It's like you get to know a little bit about yourself. You get to take the test and then be like, does that fit me? Does it not fit me? Am I hesitant to admit that it fits me? That Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I always think it's cool to just give us more opportunities to know ourselves better. Right. Because we always talk about that one of the big goals of therapy is self-awareness. And it should just be a goal of our life, really. Self-awareness, growing to know ourselves better. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So which ones are we talking about today? Well, I am talking about what's called the big five. And Anna is talking about... I'm talking about the thermatic apperception test, which is just fun to say. <laughs> Whenever I see apperception, I think someone spelled something wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that was I a real bad mistype. Apperception. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to learn what apperception is, apparently. I don't know. I hope she explains. <laughs> oh, her I eyes need just to do got some really research while you you're Google talking. No, that's fine. No, that's no, fine. No, no, it's all good. This is good that you're going first. I go first. Okay, so I'm going to go first, and there are several tests online for the Big Five that you can take for free, free, free. They're free, and then of course you can add some money to like get a big in-depth, you know, report about who you are and of all course. that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I struggled. When I was researching like where the big five came from, it was like I kept getting these different names. Oh. <laughs> but basically what it came down to was the five personality traits that we talk about in the big five. They were originally developed in 1949, a theory that was established by D.W. Fisk. But then it just kept evolving. Right. And more and more people started doing research on it, including but not limited to Norman in 67, Smith in 67, Goldberg in 81, McRae and Costa were the big ones in 1987. Wow. And then there was more that was added on even in the 90s and into the 2000s. So it just keeps evolving. But it sounds like it wasn't like solidified quickly enough to keep all the other names out, you know? Exactly. And the idea is that... All personalities are basically made up of five different dimensions. Question. Yes. Was it the same five the whole time? Yes. Really? Yeah, Just they just expanded them. Or they named them differently, but it was oh. basically the same cool. ideas. Yes. From the very beginning, that was Fisk's idea. 
what has evolved and I think very in a very cool way is that within each of the five then there are subheadings oh yeah and we'll talk about those very briefly and then what is also cool is that it's not just like a yes or no they're all on spectrum so it's like every single quality is on a spectrum so you get like a number and depending on which test you take because we were talking about this before we started recording that the one that Anna took online the top number was a hundred yeah like it gave it a percentage right the one that that I took online there was 120 points as the top so even that shows a little bit of difference but let me just talk to you for a minute about the five traits and the and the acronym is ocean there's another one too but ocean is the one that I know can't remember what the other we can figure it out Anna's good at canoe is it canoe? That's it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Did you really just do that out of yeah. your brain? Oh. <laughs> out of my brain. Yeah. Oh, you're really good. Brain. I like word puzzles. Canoes. Yes. You're very good at that. You're a wordsmith. So ocean is the one that I'm used to using. So the first one is openness to experience. So I'm going to just briefly kind of give you an idea of what that means in a person. But remember, you're on a spectrum of each of these. So we all have all of them to some degree. Yeah, these are all part of us. The question is how much are they part of us? Exactly. That's exactly right. So openness to experience measures things like your creativity, your intellectual curiosity, your imagination, uh, appreciation of the arts. Man, it's it's a very wide thing. It's a hippy-dippy one. It is kind of (laughs) hippy-dippy. The two primary aspects of this dimension are intellect, so like you're interested in ideas, and your openness, your creativity, okay? And we'll go back and kind of talk about each one individually, but let me zip through first. So the second one, C, is conscientiousness. And this dimension measures traits like being very dutiful, attention to detail, discipline. This kind of rings my name. Consistency. <laughs> oh, not this one. Cleanliness. So I'm hearing... Oh, I'm you're hearing, very clean. I'm hearing You're OCD. way more clean than you think you are because of OCD. Yeah, probably so. My OCD doesn't show up like that, unfortunately. <laughs> it comes out differently. <laughs> so the two primary aspects of this dimension are orderliness and industriousness. Industriousness. Okay, we're on to the E in ocean, and that's extroversion. And we've talked before about introversion, extroversion, how that's a spectrum in itself. But this is like a trait that we all have. Everybody has extroversion to some degree. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to look at that It's because there's no introversion on this scale in this theory. Kind of take that out of your vocabulary for now. The two primary aspects on this dimension are enthusiasm and assertiveness. Yeah, okay, so what you're saying is like, it's not like if you get a low enough on extroversion, I mean, you can kind of infer that means you're introverted, but it's not like this test will say that means you're introverted. That's exactly right. Okay. That's a good way to say it. Okay, uh, trait four in ocean is a agreeableness. Agreeableness, I think they made that word up. But anyway, no. <laughs> awesome traits. Such I mean, as, they might have with how long they worked on that's it. That's right. Maybe. Kindness, cooperation, sympathy, politeness, trust, compliance. Those are the, the biggies in there. So we're looking at compassion and politeness. I like that word. Compliance. There's a new Muse song called Compliance. Oh, really? And that's most of the lyrics. So I don't know about you, but when I hear the word compliance, it has a negative yeah, I, connotation for me. Yeah. I think Somebody that's making the point. you do something exactly. you don't want to yeah, do. Yeah. Don't tell me what yeah. to do. Stand on I'm this line. I'm not going to comply. And walk on this line. So yeah, when you think about those kind of things, that might affect your score on agreeableness. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last one, the N, is neuroticism. And we've talked, we just recently talked about neuroses when we talked about Karen. Oh, yeah. That's a one-eye thing. That's true. 
episode 102 we talked about karen horneye mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she has a whole neurosis thing yeah so so if you're thinking what does that neurosis thing mean again so in this theory uh, assessment neuroticism is the dimension that measures tendencies toward negative emotion including anger depression fear worry anxiety suspicion self-consciousness so those kind of negative things yeah i got the feeling it's just like how easily you go toward those negative emotions that's a very good way to say it i only looked at two of the assessments online but i think probably on most of them you will if you take the test you will then get like a graph of some sort, a pie chart or a graph. The one that I took um, was on a website called big5-test.com. That's my hyphen sign. <laughs> Mommy, the hyphen sign is cute. Big5 hyphen. <laughs> like a little salute motion. <laughs> test.com. I took one on Truity, T-R-U-I-T-Y, and they have the Big Five. I think they have MBTI, and they have like several other ones that are like really prominent right. kind of personality tests. So, so do you do you have your results? Mm-hmm. So this is a, a quiz for you, Anna Maniana. <laughs> okay, which one do you think I scored highest on? That's not really fair to ask you that, but C maybe mm. E. C was the second highest, and only by one point. What did you get the highest? Agreeableness. Really? Which kind of surprised me because I'm kind of a rebel. Well, just you literally just said that that you were reading them and you were like, I don't like those. (laughs) Right. But there's something in one of the explanations when I get to it, I'll I'll remind you about that because you'll see why I think I scored so high on agreeableness. Okay. Because it's about like not liking conflict. Oh, that's right. And wanting everybody to get along. My score on that. But I was only one point less on conscientiousness. So, Um, and you're right, the extroversion was the third highest. And actually, I was kind of happy that my neuroticism was rather low it was 58 so on this scale that's less than half which is positive considering that i am a rather neurotic person (laughs) and so how about you what did you do so this is really interesting in terms of we are so alike we're we're so alike but i got like almost the polar opposite of that (laughs) i would think you would get highest on openness to experience i did you want to know what the mine was 98 percent wow <laughs> see i got 78 on openness but that's i if they if you throw me a question that just says do you like art <laughs> well hell yes i like art. I like art yeah dummy. yeah <laughs> so like i always did like of course that it would describes be me the mostest if we would each take the other test like if yeah. you would take the one i took and i would take the oh. one you took we should do that sometime and compare maybe i could see your extroversion being very low i got straight up 50 percent on extroversion uh-huh. so i got 98 percent on openness 48 percent on conscientiousness mm-hmm. that makes sense i'm pretty lax on that that's my lowest though oh yeah i thought extroversion would be your lowest Mm-mm. well you're just a wild wild woman i know i'm a, I'm a wild know, card in this one rules and some of them kind of overlap yeah a little bit um for a agreeableness i got 77 percent, so i'm pretty high on that one that too is high. and my neuroticism i got 69 percent, baby <laughs> So I'm very neurotic, but I'm fun and chill about it. I'm sexy neurotic. <laughs> sexy neurotic. If you got to be neurotic, be sexy. Neurotic, about it. but make it fashion. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> okay, go on. What were you saying? I don't know anymore. <laughs> okay, so then they're going to take each of the categories and they're going to divide them. So we're going to do that fairly quickly here just so that you can kind of get a sense of it. And so remember, like, so you get a score for each of the 
five and then you also i don't know if yours did this anna where you got score on the sub no i only got the main five okay so in the one that i took which was the big five hyphen test they (laughs) give you numbers between zero and 20 uh on the subdivided the sub oh yeah sub sub categories sub sub scales okay Okay, under neuroticism, these are the six subscales. Anxiety, anger, depression, self-consciousness, immoderation, and vulnerability. You guys know what anxiety is because we talk about it all the time, okay? Believe it or not, I scored what they call low on that, which on is anxiety? bullshit. You think <laughs> do you think you're a highly anxious person? I wouldn't qualify you as a highly anxious person. No, I'm not. You're right. I got all the anxiety you, in the I family. I all the you, you and Gabe you just like ran away <laughs> and somehow I got left with all the anxiety. I think it's trauma, baby. <laughs> Most usually is. Okay, so anxiety is the first one and it it's weird because it talks about the fight or flight thing oh, that we yeah. were talking about before we started recording. The second one is anger, which is actually what I scored lowest on. Okay, don't get mad. That does surprise me. Because I get angry. <laughs> Persons who score high in anger feel enraged when things do not go their way. So you th- you No, think I don't think that's are you. Are you saying I'm an angry person? No, I would actually qualify myself more as that than you. Oh. I think I get very agitated when... And in fairness, when I was younger, I did. So that's a thing that kind of changes with age, sure. in my opinion. Well, yeah. a lot of things change with age, but... Okay, uh, depression... You guys check. get the depression thing. Self-consciousness actually surprised me because I feel like I am a rather self-conscious person, but I scored like the lowest on that one really? out of the wow. subscales. I think I Who must have marked something wrong. <laughs> but again, that has to do with age, I think. And right now, just some good things are and, happening in my life, so I feel and more honestly, positive maybe. Yeah, and sometimes it's just how the questions are phrased on the test. Yeah. So you mentioned that this one, I don't know if you did mention this, this one, like when you take it, at least when I took it on Truity, it's like a Likert scale. Right. So it's like they give you, like I said, like I like art literally is one of them. And they say like, it's if it's very inaccurate to you or most accurate to you. Right. And you rate yourself on the scale right. of one to five. That's exactly right. The one that I scored highest on in these subscales was immoderation, which is freaking true. <laughs> Wait, so that means you're bad at moderating yourself? Yeah, immoderate individuals feel strong cravings and urges, and they have difficulty (laughs) resisting. That makes you sound like a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) I did just watch Twilight. I score very high on this, but only every full moon. (laughs) Only when it comes to blood. (laughs) For me, it's food, people. I'll just have you know. That's my problem with the moderation. Okay, then vulnerability. That actually, the way they describe it on here is vulnerability. uh, People who have that, a high score, experience panic, confusion, helplessness. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I was pretty low on that one, too. Okay. Yeah, that's not you at all. I'm zipping. Ex- uh, extroversion. Here are the six subsets. Friendliness, gregariousness, which I like to say, but I don't Those really get it. Those are kind of just synonyms. I agree. Assertiveness, activity level, oh. excitement seeking, and cheerfulness. So it is just like, and this is kind of true of extroversion, although it's not usually like encoded within the definition or whatever of like activity level. Extroverts operate at a higher frequency right <laughs> than introverts right and actually that was weird because i don't think of myself as being like high activity level but i got that's what i get the highest in huh. but again i think it reflects that there were questions about like you're always busy sure or you're always working yeah or something. i don't want to be and i do that. that i just right. am <laughs> right 
So friendliness is what it says. You know, you, that you make people feel good. People feel good around you. Positive feelings. And gregariousness is, is what friendly said. <laughs> right. Exactly. But they added that people who score low in gregariousness tend to feel overwhelmed in a big crowd. So mm-hmm. I know exactly why I scored lower on that because it, there were questions about like, do you like big parties? Oh. And I don't. I like small parties, right. like gatherings of friends, but I don't like a big party. So, okay, well, so, so let's try to qualify the difference. Friendliness is more applicable, whereas gregariousness is more like center of attention-y. Like friendliness is just being friendly to people. Is that right. what that means? But right, I think so. In close, more... intimate relationships, it says. Oh, okay, yeah. It's easy for them to form close, intimate relationships. That's friendliness. Okay, Gregariousness is more like, yeah, let's party with a hundred of my best friends. Sure. Um, assertiveness. People who score high when, like to speak out. They take charge. They direct others in activities. They're leaders. Mm-hmm. Activity level, again... These people live fast-paced lives. They so live again, too fast, too furious, baby. <laughs> that's right. So remember... <laughs> Actually, too furious is neuroticism. <laughs> <laughs> so we all have all of these. So even if you score very low on activity level, like you just like to stay home, and as soon as you get off work, you go home, turn off the lights, and you sit in front of the TV, <laughs> you still have an activity level. It's just It's just low, low. Mm-hmm. right, exactly. So so we all have all of these things. Excitement seeking, you know, those are the ones who love the bright lights and the hustle and the bustle, and, and they do bungee jumping stuff. <laughs> bright lights, hustle, bustle, bungee jumping. Those are the Got it? Check. Got it. Cheerfulness to me sounds a lot like friendliness, but this is just having a positive mood and, you know, being optimistic. More like attitude-based than interaction-based. Right. It says not negative emotions, which are actually part of the neuroticism domain. Oh. So so it doesn't score like, yeah. Yeah. It's just whether or not you're a positive person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go the other way. Okay. I'm scooting to the O. That's the openness to experience. Okay. And the subscales are imagination. This one just screams Anna to me. Imagination, artistic interests, emotionality, adventurousness, High intellect, and liberalism. That's me. That's, where the That's all was. of me. So I don't know how you would have done on that, but out of 20 points, I got 20 points on emotionality. <laughs> It was the only thing I scored really oh, high on. Really funny, and I probably got the same thing. And this won't surprise you either that my liberalism was the lowest on the six. Really, of the six. Oh. So imagination is what just what it says that you know you you use your imagination. You have good fantasy life, all that good stuff. Again, we all have it. We just have it at different levels. You got a rich spectrum. inner life. Artistic interests are just what it says, that you love the art, you love beauty even in nature, you're just appreciative of all of that artistic... You appreciate aesthetics. That's a good word. Artsy-fartsy stuff. (laughs) That's a better word. Emotionality. Oh, boy. (laughs) Persons high on emotionality have, I like this though, have good access to an awareness of their own feelings. Oh, that's a good way to frame it. So it's not so much just that you're... It's not just that I cry easy. You're not just a squishy, (laughs) weepy mess. You know you're in touch with your feelings. Um, And so then if you score low on emotionality, it's actually that you tend not to express your emotions. Oh, okay. okay. So So it's a different... It's there. Mm -hmm. You're just not being outward with it. Exactly. 
adventurousness, which sounds a lot like um, one of the other ones we already talked about, the bungee jumping. (laughs) Right. But this is more like you're willing to try new things and travel to foreign places like you like to do and all that stuff. Experiencing new things, yeah. Intellect makes me think of you. Intellect and artistic interests are so interconnected, you know. Again, high scores in intellect. Well, no, one of them is one side of the brain and the other one is the other side and never the twain shall meet. (laughs) Except we debunked that in our (laughs) last true, we did. I love when we debunk things. (laughs) So if you're a high scorer in intellect, which I know that my daughter is, you love to play with ideas and you're open-minded to new and unusual ideas. You enjoy debating intellectual issues. Ah, here's one for you. They enjoy riddles, puzzles, and brain teasers. So when you figured out the canoe before... That's fair. That's fair. And last but not least in this group um, is liberalism. This refers to readiness to challenge authority, which is kind of different than what I would think of liberalism as, which is why I'm kind of surprised I scored so low in it because I do kind of challenge authority. Yeah, you are kind of rebel. thrown in there is traditional values that you fight against traditional values if you're high in liberalism Mm -hmm. and you know me and tradition and and lawful good stuff so it's that catholic thing yeah so this is where it says psychological liberalism and conservatism are not identical to political affiliation right but certainly inclined individuals well because if you are a liberal-minded person you're going to think about politics the same way you think about everything else in life. So exactly. you'll probably be more liberal about it. Right. Okay. I know I'm taking too long. So agreeableness <laughs> is all those long. positive things like trust. These are the six. Trust, morality, altruism, cooperation, modesty, and sympathy. And on that one, I, I scored as high as you could on <laughs> morality and altruism. But when I read that, I was like, because <laughs> I know that I'm not always like a perfect moral person but that's not what it really says it says high scores on this scale of morality see no need for pretense or manipulation when dealing with others they're candid and frank and sincere so that's morality that's what they're what a weird definition isn't that so it's not like right and wrong it's being honest because then it says Low scores are not unprincipled or immoral. They are simply more guarded and less willing to openly reveal the truth. So I don't know why they use that word, because to me, that's the wrong word for that. Yeah, that's a weird definition. Which makes me feel better about why I scored so high. (laughs) Because I know I'm not always moral, but I know I'm honest. Well, but you are altruistic. And if it has to do with, like, doing things. Helping That align morally. Right to good morality or whatever although that doesn't sound like the definition so maybe not i don't know but altruism is what i think altruism should be which is genuinely enjoying helping people okay yeah yeah and being rewarded when you help people Mm -hmm. what was your score on this one the agreeableness as a whole it was my highest score and it was 96 out of 120 see so it's not as high as like 96 percent because it's actually 96 but yeah, my sympathy thing was really high, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee, I wonder. <laughs> That's so surprising. And even the modesty thing, to me, it's a little misleading because it's not... T- when I hear modesty, I think like, you know, you don't want to be naked in front of people. Sure. <laughs> but this is more like you don't brag. See... That kind of modesty. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. Being modest about... Be hum- Being humble. humble is yeah. a better word for it, in my opinion. They should have put humble. And they should think of something different. <laughs> we need to do the newest update on yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> we need to We need to fix these. We got to fix it. This is the last one, the conscientiousness. 
The subscales are self-efficacy, orderliness, dutifully dutifulness. <laughs> Mom, I think you're the most dutifulness person I've ever seen. Uh, I scored really high on it. Achievement, striving, self-discipline, and cautiousness. This one, see, I I feel like this one would have been my highest. It was only one one point lower than agreeableness. So, self-efficacy is like you believe you can do what you can do, mm. and you do it orderliness you know what that means and you know i think i sc- what did you score on orderly actually i scored <laughs> neutral because all the rest of them were like either high or low high or low but on orderliness i scored neutral well, and i think i think it's because i am what we call anal retentive expulsive <laughs> which means there are times when i'm very retentive in my ocd and i want things in order but then i'm also expulsive that sometimes i just throw my crap around you right know? but I'm in a relationship with a person who is very orderly. The and, most anal retentive. And, no expulsion. And I have grown in my orderliness in order to accommodate. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Uh, in a relationship, because we do that in relationships. And I think that's why I scored neutral. Because in reality, I probably would score low. Because I'm, I'm, you know, like, I don't but know. But I also I think you've know. got your shit together. I know where stuff is <laughs> yeah. and I know how, you know, I get things done. Things work. I just sometimes I don't put things back where they belong. Right. That's my big thing. I don't put things back. My dad used to tell me that all the time. Put things back where you belong. And then my significant other now tells me that too. So it's apparently true that I don't put shit where it belongs. <laughs> Oh, <sighs> Freud okay. is rolling in his grave. I know, I know, I know. So the whole idea of all of this, <laughs> Sipsters, is we all have all of these things. That was a lot, wasn't it? That was a lot of stuff. But I would encourage you to take uh, take both of them. Take the one Anna took and take the one I, well, I took. Well, especially if the I, I am probably going to take yours because I want to know to what see the subscales are. Yeah. yeah, they are. And they give you little pretty graphs for each of the subscales. Oh, I love pretty so. graphs. I know, I know. And it was free, 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 I tell you. <laughs> But again, the purpose of it is to be more self-aware. And so like as we were processing, as we were going through those, what scores I got, and there were some that I was like, I don't know why I got that. And then there were times where I would look at something and go, yeah, I got to admit. So even on the neutral <laughs> thing with the orderliness, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm truly a retentive expulsive, that means that I meet in the that middle. you balance, That yes. I would be neutral. So that in a way, sense. it sure. makes perfect sense. So, okay, that's the big five, baby. Big five. Five, five, five. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just called the Big Five Personality Test. There's no, like, fancy, no, big... No, no name no. titles. Yeah. Because there have been so many people that worked on it, yeah. I think that they were like... I've so you mentioned the there was one... You said, like, oh, someone in the 80s, that was the big one. What does mm-hmm. that mean? They were the ones that kind of... Like, got it out into the public? Got, yeah, like, actually started using it for... Oh, gotcha. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to shut up because I talked way too long. Sorry. Your turn. You didn't... You don't have to apologize. Let's talk about the thematic apperception test. Apperception test. <laughs> it's horrifying. <laughs> don't do that again. Uh, <laughs> so for those that want to be in the know about what apperception means, let's figure it out. It, it says the mental process by which a person makes sense of an idea by assimilating it into the body of ideas that they already possess. So it's putting things into schemas. We've talked about schemas before. Mm-hmm. So basically what thematic apperception test means is it's seeing how we relate vague things into the thematic ideas that we already have. 
ah. and how we connect the themes that we know into what we're seeing. Okay. Makes Ooh, sense? That's a really good explanation. Thank you. You're a good teacher. You should maybe be a teacher after you be a therapist. <laughs> um, well, if I join the army and then go to Florida, I can be without even taking any tests. <laughs> but don't get me started. Don't get me started. Okay, so let's talk about, so picture it. Harvard University, the 1930s. An uh, undergrad student. Da, 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 da. <laughs> wow. That sounds that really good. Yeah, it's getting you right there. <laughs> Um, an undergrad student, Cecilia, notices that while her son is sick, he spends his time making up stories about pictures in magazines. And so she goes to her professor, uh, Henry Murray, and asks if this concept, the using pictures like that, like like making up stories for pictures, could be used in a clinical setting. Murray, Great idea. Yeah, and Murray thought so too. Um, Murray had actually kind of been looking for something because he didn't really like similar tests that were around at the time so he wanted to create something on his own so yeah figuring asking people to interpret pictures good way to do that to look at kind of how they see the world how they sort things into those themes mm-hmm. so marie asked a colleague christiana morgan she was a psychoanalyst at the harvard clinic to help him select illustrative images from magazines i think they actually got them from magazines oh my gosh uh to develop the test so they went through three versions this way series a series b and series c uh before deciding on the final set of images in series d which is still used today Morgan, this is funny, Morgan was on the original published version, like it's like Murray and Morgan on the original like series A, but then she kept, she kept getting like letters with questions that she couldn't answer. She just helped pick the pictures. And so she's like, please take my name off of the future versions because I don't want people to ask me questions about this stupid test. But yeah, so it started that way. And the, like I said, Series D is the one that's still being used. Um, after World War II, the test gained a little bit more traction, a little more popularity, especially with psychoanalysts and clinicians to evaluate emotionally disturbed patients. In the 70s, something called the Human Potential Movement, which is some hippie stuff. <laughs> I yeah, gotta tell you, yeah, uh, encourage psychologists to use the thematic apperception test, the TAT, uh, to help clients understand themselves better, kind of for personal growth, all that hippie stuff that I think is a good so idea. So the pictures are still the same pictures, like they haven't been modernized yeah, or whatever? Yeah, you can tell. Really? <laughs> they are look they a like- little dated. I mean, they're vague enough that it doesn't really matter. There's not anything like that specifically dates them, but they look old. <laughs> they look... Yeah antique kind of in their style. So let's talk about the test itself. The complete version has 32 cards, but Murray recommended using 20-ish cards for an assessment. And most clinicians, especially nowadays, choose far fewer. The numbers that I saw were like 5 to 12. But it's also just as subjective as the rest of the test. And it really is like the cool thing is the practitioner gets to specifically pick the cards that they use so you can kind of go through and cherry pick like okay well this has like yes they're vague but they still have themes Mm -hmm. so you can kind of say like well i think my client with what they're going through would respond better to these themes exactly or the age of your client or the sex of your client very yeah so true because murray even theorized that like choosing cards with characters that were similar to the person taking it in like gender or age as much as they could be with how ambiguous the prompts are but he thought that that would elicit a better response and more kind of relevant stories So let's talk about the prompt cards. Like I said, there's 32 total. Uh, Some show masculine figures, some feminine figures. Some have a mix of different like genders. Some are ambiguous gender. The ages are ambiguous. Some don't even have people in them at all. Although I think that probably like 
those make for better stories. <laughs> but one card is even completely blank, it says. And so it's used to elicit like a scene purely from out the storyteller, yeah, purely yeah. out of your brain. <laughs> that would be weird, though, if you were expecting to see a picture and then it was like <laughs> a kitten in a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, a whiteout. It's a, white, a, oh, a white kitten in a snowstorm, yeah. <laughs> So the scenes, so the the figures are ambiguous and the scenes depicted are even more ambiguous where they all have, for lack of a better word, intense vibes about them. Mm -hmm. Like you you can tell you're in the middle of something when you look at one of these pictures. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) Like they they feel kind of intense and they have kind of similar vague general themes like success and failure, uh, jealousy and competition, Uh, relationships are usually involved, aggression, there's some sexuality themes. So like, again, as vague as they can be with the prompts, there are themes that kind of get touched on usually. And there's not like clear right or wrong answers about what's going on in the cards. It's not like the test booklet says, and in card 35, this is mm-hmm. this is what's happening. But are there guidelines like, okay, if they see this or this, then it means this or that? Like if you're looking for certain mental illness or you're looking for... <sighs> not really... As far as I could tell, we'll talk about some of the specific scoring, okay. but it's usually like being judged on subscores on different qualities. I see. Okay. But it's it, it's not like the Rorschach where it's like, okay, well, if you see like two women dancing, you, you're kind of toward this side right, of the right. scale or whatever. So the card's presented, and then the subject is told to create as dramatic a story as possible for the picture, which I love as a prompt. Yeah. They're specifically said, make up some wild shit. (laughs) 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 Full on Maury, like Dr. Phil nonsense. (laughs) Um, And then they're asked follow-up questions, like um, specifically, like what has led to the event shown? What is happening in the moment at what's on the card basically mm-hmm. what the characters are feeling and thinking if there's characters on the card and then like what the outcome of the story was so basically it's kind of like we were joking before about like when you tell a story it has to have a beginning, beginning a middle and an end, end. <laughs> yeah and it kind of you kind of get asked to say the whole story of mm-hmm. what's on the card which is another reason that i think people choose fewer because <laughs> try doing that with 20 cards exactly not a lot exhausting the responses are recorded verbatim, though, so the person giving it can kind of go over it and score them very specifically on these scales later. But it is a lot like narrative therapy in a way, because when we look at narrative therapy, which episode 94, if you would like to listen to narrative therapy episode. Wow, you really whipped that out of uh, there. Well, I knew I was going to riff on it, so I okay. had the episode ready. Got it. Uh, but it's it's basically creative writing prompts. I mean, they, people do that in creative writing classes all the time yeah, where they yeah. have pictures and they have to make a story around it. Uh-huh. And I mean, we're assuming, especially in narrative therapy and in this test too, that the story that ends up coming out is going to relate to the person telling the story in a meaningful way, something right. that's deeper than just what's on the surface. But I guess the thing that makes me a little alarmed about it is if someone is told to tell a dramatic story you know, they're they're going to embellish. It's yes. gonna, yeah, it's going to be very fantasizing and very... But I think that, just like in narrative therapy, adds to the distance of it. Okay, so they don't have to if fear... If you're exaggerating, you're yeah. exaggerating... We're assuming you're exaggerating what's actually happening in you mm-hmm. and the, the worries and thoughts that you're actually having. But even if you're making them more emphasized, mm-hmm. that's okay. Like, overemphasizing is actually a tool that can be used in... And it's kind of a gestalt thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
where like you overemphasize i think that's even actually a gestalt technique Mm -hmm. but like there's i guess clinical use in allowing it to be as crazy as possible that makes sense and that's just me riffing i don't know if that's the actual reason they tell you to do it dramatic the pictures themselves are black and white right are there any color pictures i don't think so no i think they're all black and white I don't know if that's a stylistic thing or because the pictures are from the 30s. Who knows? <laughs> they didn't have color when they, <laughs> they made didn't have they color yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the scoring for a second, and then we will go over some cards because I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he created the TAT, Murray developed a scoring system based on his need press theory of personality, um, which I'm not going to go too much into, but the system for specifically the test involved coding every sentence given for the presence of 28 needs so like neurotic needs basically kind of like how we were talking about yeah Mm -hmm. and 20 presses which are environmental influences um which are then scored from one to five based on intensity frequency duration and importance to the plot wow so who's doing 20 cards with this no one no one's doing that (laughs) especially you're asking all those follow-up questions so in order to actually give this test as a therapist, you need to have training in it. And I don't know. Is this one of those tests? So. I just think if you can buy it, you thing. can use it. Well, and it even says like this scoring system was acknowledged as like really time consuming. Uh, so it's not really widely used. And actually, traditionally, examiners have been kind of just using their clinical intuition to use it. So it's mainly interpreting which... So I think the reason that Murray did this especially, and that any person who does a more... So when we talk about tests, backing up kind of big picture, we talk about projective tests and self-report inventories. The big five is a self-report inventory. Right. Where you go through these statements and you you rank how how close it is to who you are, um, or however you want to say that. Whereas projective tests like this are very open-ended. So the Rorschach is also a projective test. Right. It literally is projecting what you are seeing onto the thing or what you're thinking or feeling onto the thing that you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So that is cool in that it gives a lot more open-ended answer, like opportunities to answer questions. Right. But it's way harder to score in like a meaningful way right. because it's so open-ended. And it's it's hard to like standardize, I guess. So I think he was doing it First of all, it sounds like he wanted to tout his theory that seemed very involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that I, I think he also wanted to give it some validity and some numbers to it, you know? Right, right. Like, I think that makes it feel more valid and reliable if you're crunching a Can bunch of numbers. actually have a number, yeah. Yeah. That's true. But there have been a, um, a few other scoring systems that have been, kind of been made in the interim. Uh, one is the Defense Mechanisms Manual, which is very cool. Um, it assesses three defense mechanisms, denial, projection, and identification, and kind of where they're at on those scales. Mm-hmm. And then the Social Cognition and Object Relations, the score scale, um, assesses four different dimensions of object relations, complexity of representations of people, affect tone of relationship paradigms which is kind of just a wordy way of saying emotional intelligence um (laughs) kind of all of these are really Uh because the next one is capacity for emotional investment in relationships Mm -hmm. and more and moral standards and understanding of social causality so all that to say it's just scoring people on social levels so it's focusing very much on like your emotional intelligence your social intelligence that kind of stuff And then there's the personal problem-solving system revised, PPSSR. (laughs) 
Gotta um, love it. <laughs> P-P-R-S-R-I-R-P. Uh, <laughs> and that assesses how people identify, think about, and resolve problems through 13 different criteria. I'm certainly not going to go into all of those. Um, but it's useful because theoretically, good problem-solving ability is an indicator of someone's mental health. Like if right. you're more mentally healthy, you're better able to puzzle through those problems. Mm-hmm. But it is designed to be used in a cognitive behavioral framework specifically, that one is. What sets this one apart from the other scoring systems is that the PPSSR <laughs> is, it only uses six. <laughs> the little kid in me says you said PP. <laughs> I know. Yeah, me too. That's why I sighed. <laughs> I was mentally caging the 13-year-old that comes out. Um, Junior high body. Hello. So this, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, this system only uses six of the 31 cards and six specific ones. Uh. I don't know why. I, I don't know enough about the specific cards to know. Um, but then it kind of provides specific information about like story design, story resolution, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. Cool. So let's go through some of these cards. I would have to give a little um, head nod to Freud on this too because it's kind of about we're hoping that something that's buried in our subconscious yeah, it's is very going subconscious to based it's he he did the word association stuff it's very mm-hmm. similar yeah. like that was a projective test as well trying in a lot to of pull ways. stuff out of our subconscious that we maybe don't even know is there right so, okay. okay so you and i are going to try to create as dramatic a story as possible <laughs> for all these cards okay well, you're a storyteller so you'll be yeah sipsters if you want to watch and follow along with these i will put these on our instagram um so like the slideshow will be these three that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. okay so the first one mom just as like factually as you can what do you see factually a woman standing outside of a bedroom door with her face in her hand in the background in the bedroom on the bed is a man lying haphazardly (laughs) i don't know face up looking like kind of like he passed out kind of is the look a man in an ambiguous consciousness situation yes yes he does not look very conscious and he looks rather strewn on the bed and like the figure in front is a woman i think she's wearing like a skirt like a long skirt but Mm -hmm. even then it's a still kind of an ambiguously gendered figure yeah that's true the one in the back could be as well yeah like, like, I think the one in front is feminine and the one in the back is masculine, maybe, but I think. You know, that that's maybe part of all the, the whole assessment, you know, that I see the gender so clearly mm-hmm. that she, that's a woman and that's a man for mm-hmm. me. So. What's going on? What happened? <sighs> he came home drunk again. <laughs> and she. Oh, I really got dark because I got like, I, I started thinking like he hit her. Oh, oh, that's why she's like covering the face. She's crying and and, and he went and passed out and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know who to tell. I think he came home from work and he was really tired and he was like, honey, I'm going to take a nap. And he took a nap, but they only have a twin bed and she wanted to take a nap. He always gets the bed. He always and takes you, the bed at 3 p.m. <laughs> I can't take my nappy nap. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I have had it with him. I'm done. I'm sleeping on the whole twin bed. Okay, yours was way better. 
<laughs> it's not a competition. But I did win. Yeah, Anna's. <laughs> so I'm, I have all kinds of deep issues and Anna's funny as hell. That was the story there. Oh, this one. Okay. <sighs> I don't like this, this one either. This is card two. Mom, what do you see on this card? I see an elderly woman looking out. Looks to me like she's looking out the window. Mm-hmm. Her back is to a man standing behind her. A man, I'd say, middle-aged man. I immediately pull a relationship thing between them. But he's dressed in a suit. <laughs> what kind of relationship? Not a good one, though. And he's holding, I think, his hat in his hands. He's yeah. kind of looking downward. Mm-hmm. Anna said before, all these cards kind of have a dun-dun-dun. This one does, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of have to make a dramatic picture because they all look dramatic. So what happened? I think her husband, which is his father, died. Mm. And she's looking out the window talking about how much she misses him. And the man is being sad because his dad died. And he's sad for his mother, too. But he's not very affectionate toward his mother because he's kind of letting her just do her thing. <laughs> yeah, none of, neither of them, like, that is, I think, a reasonable, like, I think that is where most Maybe not like that specific, but I think most people would go toward like they're both sad about something because right. they look very intense. And like even in the first card, she does have like her hand over her face. Mm-hmm. Like obviously there's some emotion there. So like they're, they're all very emotional, I mm-hmm. think, but it's not clear, strong emotion any which way. In which way, exactly. Because then my second story would be something about how they don't get along, these mm-hmm. two. Yeah, because she like looks kind of maybe wistful, but it's not like either of them are crying. He kind of has like a stern brow. Yeah. But I've got a stern brow all the time too. Resting stern brow. I do have a resting stern (laughs) brow. I found that out about myself the other day. I'm like, it's just how my face is set all the time. Uh, uh, so I get that, dude. So maybe he's not upset at all. Maybe he's here for dinner. Maybe he's thinking, I thought we were going to have fried chicken for dinner. (laughs) Right. Okay, what's your story? You've got something good. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um... I think she's looking out the window and it looks kind of white out there. So I think she's asking, Sonny, can we go sledding? <laughs> and he's trying <laughs> to figure out how to tell her no. Yeah. Mom, you will break He's him. got a bit of consternation <laughs> trying to break this to her. How do I tell her? She's 90 years old and she will not do well on a sled. Yes. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> I want to live in your brain for just 10 no, minutes. No, you super don't. <laughs> okay. It's not always this funny up there, I promise. <laughs> All right, third and final one. Oh, what good. do you see? These figures are interesting. They're, I would say, 40-ish. It's very specific. I know. Like, <laughs> like not. I wouldn't look at them like middle-aged, but they're not young adults either. But the man is very chiseled looking. He's got a very dramatic lighting he, Yes. On. He's like looking away from her, kind of pulling. It looks like he's pulling his body away from her. It's just like from the waist up, Sipsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is has very cool old-timey hair. but That's she, what I mean. It's not like it doesn't necessarily date it. No. But it looks vintage Yeah. And she kind of has her arm around him, like on his shoulder. And she's looking toward his face. He's looking very dramatically away from her. Yes. So what is going on in this picture? What's happening? <laughs> now I can't think of anything serious. All I can think about I is... I don't... That's fine. <laughs> what's happening? She's asking him to do something he doesn't want to do. Oh, that's what you're saying? And so he's like, I cannot do it. He's looking away. I cannot do it. She's she's wanting something. <laughs> I think she wants some kinky sex. I don't know. I think it's the She hairdo. has some bedroom eyes, she's maybe? Got, yeah, she's kind of got bedroom eyes. She does. She's saying, oh, please. 
you know how I like that. <laughs> you know and how I love sex. And he's saying, no, I hate he sex. He said, I don't like sex. I'm too chiseled. I'm too chiseled. I'll hurt you. <laughs> yeah. I, it's so dramatic that it's hard for me to take seriously. Yeah, it does. You know, it it's like I can't. Little... The other two, I could kind of like actually see some feelings in, especially the first one with the woman with her face mm-hmm. covered. This one looks a bit hammy. This one looks very Overacted. like. Yeah. Overposed. Very perhaps. much. She has great bone structure. They, they both, both have, have great yeah. bone structure. Whoever did that drawing had great chiseling. Grease of shadows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Anna. Last but not least, give it, give I it think, your twist. I think that she was like, honey, I think you have a booger. And he like turned away. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, no, let me no, see it. Let me help. Let me and he's like, it. no, I don't want you to see it. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you think about these things? <laughs> They just come to you. That one's pretty quick, actually. Yeah. Much like boogers. You know what? It just what? happens real quick. It is totally that story now that I look at it. The, <laughs> both of their faces. The way she's, she's leaning. Yeah, she's like looking up like toward she's his nose. Looking toward and his she's, nose. And she's like, come on. It's okay. She's like, no, not, honey. It's okay. No, really. I just want to help you. We've been married for 15 years. <laughs> I can tell you when you have one on your nose. And he's like, no. <laughs> I can't let you see I me must, this way. I must continue to be this chiseled handsome man <laughs> who does not get boogers in his nose yeah that's totally you called it okay I know man that one. yeah I don't know no what actually would say about you know us. when i was like the manual doesn't say in card 12 this is what's happening actually in the manual that one does oh that really? one has a booger <laughs> oh, oh i thought you were being serious no. i was like if they don't call <laughs> out the booger it means they're repressed <laughs> If they don't say anything about boogers, you need I, to refer them. You know, I have to be honest. The word booger for me is very uncomfortable. Kind of like some of those other words that we've talked about sure. for you. Like, you know, secretion, secretion. moist. Those words. Yeah. She gets a booger? look on her face. Booger for me is like, ugh. That's a gross word. Okay. Okay. I think I'm it's because I taught little I, kids for I so wouldn't long. Have, that's fair. You have some tra- trauma based around I boogers. I had it on my shirt some when I booger trauma. <laughs> kindergartner boogers. Kindergartner trauma. <laughs> yeah. If you're a kindergarten teacher, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever seen a kindergartner, mm. you know how it is. Mm. Uh, picture being in a room with 20 of them now. Mm-hmm. All day. <laughs> but my kindergartners all grew up to be amazing, successful oh, yeah. people. They don't have issues with their nose anymore. Because <laughs> you help them get through their booger trauma. We had to process you, that. You, you, you broke down the booger defense mechanism. <laughs> the BDM, as we call it. Oh, God. That is horrible. <laughs> okay. I'm exhausted. Man. My psyche. <sighs> You've broken it open. I know. Your third eye My is subconscious. so freaking wide open right now. My subconscious is very vulnerable right now. <laughs> Your iceberg has been tipped over. <laughs> but the uh, the thematic app recession can be used a lot of different ways. Um, it can be used to learn like more about yourself, to help clients express their feelings, um, especially to explore those themes related to their life experiences. Like, obviously, we went through a very kind of more funny, like, what's going on here? But like I said, in an actual clinical setting, the clinician especially would be asking follow-up questions. Would be It's like art therapy in that way. Like, you uh, ask questions based on what you're interpreting. And in an actual clinical setting, this would be going much deeper and would be exploring more of those themes. And the clinician would be probably pointing out those themes mm-hmm. i don't know that's interesting i wonder if you would do it or if you'd kind of wait to see what they bring up by themselves 
but it can be used to assess for deeper psychological conditions, uh, even to evaluate crime suspects. And Ooh. this one's kind of weird. To screen job candidates? I don't know about the ethical <laughs> ramifications of that one, actually. Don't do that, maybe. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but yeah, it can be used in a lot of different settings, a lot of different ways. And it's just very open-ended, which kind of makes it easy to be An use. interesting party game. <laughs> Honestly, see who could come up with the best story for this one. <laughs> judge all your friends based on the themes that come out in their stories. <laughs> oh my. That's all I've got for the thematic apperception test, though. Okay. Cool, cool. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No. May I thank the listeners today? <gasps> oh, that would be amazing. Sipsters, thank you so much for being here. Every single time we record, we have so much fun, and we hope you have fun too. And I don't feel like I'm as good at this as mom is. It is hard. <laughs> I mean, because you I, do it every time. You, it's you like, think how do like you it's it? just thanking yeah, people for listening. People. It's just saying thank you. Yeah, but then once yeah. you get here, it's like it's like paralyzing. Okay. Everybody's job is harder than it looks. <laughs> Honestly, this is I'm walking a mile in your shoes right now and i don't like it well and so now i'll walk a mile in yours and i'll probably mispronounce everything and say things wrong because <laughs> then your job is usually to say yes we do thank you so much for listening uh, reminding you that you can find us on twitter instagram facebook at freudian sips pod as well as on our site of course freudian sips and that's where you can find our merch so don't forget that. Look that up. It's really cool stuff. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can email us at freudiansipspod at gmail.com. Uh, we do ask that you remember to leave us a nice rating and a review if you can do that wherever you listen because we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have those reviews. See, it is harder <laughs> to do it than to just watch it. So uh, we hope that you have a, a great amount of time here. Between- <laughs> I went off script. <laughs> Okay. We hope that you have a great whatever time of day. Whatever it is. you're doing, <laughs> we hope it's great. Okay. Editing Anna, mark no, that. No, that's all saying. <laughs> and we end by saying our theme music is Sweet of Vermouth by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this. <laughs> Flawless. <laughs> Flawless execution. <laughs> Went off the rails. Oh, pull her back, pull her back. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs>